The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Eight minutes after eight. A very good morning to you. Welcome to the Forum at eight here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, speaking at the Arthur Chaskelson Memorial Service a couple of days ago, Advocate Moses Sikakane said, and I quote, Where possible, we must challenge and develop our laws, including the Constitution, should it become clear that parts of it may inadvertently entrench the very demands it was enacted to obliterate. One such legal development that I think is urgently required is categorizing corruption as high treason and a crime against the citizens. After all, high treason is defined as any overt act unlawfully committed by a person owing allegiance to a state with intent to overthrow, impair, violate, threaten, or endanger the existence, independence, or security of the state, or to overthrow or coerce the government of the state or charge the constitutional structure of the state. As a crime of high treason, corruption should attract the heaviest sentence available within our constitutional framework. Advocate Moses Kakane is my guest on the program this morning. Advocate Kakane, good morning. Good morning, Polan, and your Th- listeners. Thanks indeed for coming through. Also on the other line, I'm joined by uh, Mr. Zwerenzi Mavavi. He is Kosatu's General Secretary. Mr. Vavi, good morning. Good morning, Perpetua, and good morning uh, to the professor and all to the uh, and all of your listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, let me start again with you, Advocate Kakane, to develop this point further. You are calling for the categorization of corruption as um, a crime, as a treason. Well, Tolani, let me give you two theories for for what I was saying. First of all, let me indicate that I was making a speech about all sorts of things in memory of Arthur Chaskelson. So our corrupt uh, citizens must not think I was singling them out for punishment. (laughs) The, 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 The legal theory is this, is that in South Africa, treason derives from Roman Dutch law. And therefore, one has to look at how it has evolved from the 43 BC in Rome Mm -hmm. under Tiberius, that actually at different times, those societies have changed the the offenses, have included so many things in in the list of offenses called treason. It all depended on what society at that time was facing. For instance... You know, there was a time when uh, to imagine yourself in love with the the king's daughter mm. was categorized as treason. Sure. During English Reformation, very early, being a Catholic priest, unless you leave in 40 days, uh, you leave or take an oath of allegiance to the queen, was categorized as treason. So mm. the point I'm saying is that societies have always looked at what is it that it's threatening the stability of their state in order to categorize it as, as corruption. So that's the legal basis, Kolani. In order to categorize it as treason? Yeah. Okay. Any, any, any offense. And they've even counterfeiting notes was categorized at some point as treason. The biggest trials of treason in South Africa happened during the South African War between 1899 and 1902. So it's not new. We've always added the list. But let me give you my political theory about this. Okay. One is that we we usually say that treason is the highest offense against government or against the state. Yeah. Because you change one government and replace it with another. I'm arguing, Kolani, that actually some forms of corruption are worse than toppling a government. Because theoretically what you do when, when when you engage in certain forms of corruption, you are not only changing a government you are actually creating a situation where that state 
is permanently incapable of delivering to its citizens. So actually, it doesn't matter what government you put in place. Once you've allowed the state to be compromised so much so that it can no longer deliver what its mandates are throughout it doesn't matter what governments you put in place then you've put that state in jeopardy forever and the last point Kulani, i want to say here is this two incidents of of corruption in south africa have happened and have gone on unpunished mm. and i want to start there because sometimes we discuss corruption as if it's a new phenomenon mm. the biggest two incidents of corruption in the history of south africa are well colonialism that's the first one it went unpun- un- unpunished Apartheid itself went unpunished because its leaders um, live comfortably wherever they are. Mm. And so we must see corruption in that pattern as a pattern that develops in the body politic because colonialism and apartheid went unpunished. And it continues in post-colonial and post-apartheid states. Uh, because of that history. I just want to go back to the point then that you make about some forms of corruption being worse than treason. Do we have those today in South Africa? Are there examples of the forms of corruption that you think are worse than treason? I I don't think we're there yet, uh, Tolani, but I think we're going there. Uh, and, And that is why I'm raising this point because I have seen in a lot of initiatives by citizens, by the government to make sure that it categorizes corruption as a special crime. And there are many statutes in South Africa that you find that indicate that there are initiatives that government itself sees this as a problem. What I'm saying, I'm developing that theme to say actually you need to develop it to a point where it becomes, I don't have the English word for this, Tolani, but in Zulu we call it Ikrilo. Mm. It becomes one of those deep shames to engage in because actually, in, in simple terms, corruption is theft by the well-off stealing from the most vulnerable. That's what it is in basic, simple terms. It's people who are well-off stealing from the most destitute. It's like you going to traffic lights wherever at the intersections and taking money from the beggars who will sleep without food tonight. Mm. But you also talk about statutes. Do we not have enough existing codes, uh, statutes that uh, are are adequate to deal with this kind of corruption? I think we do, Kolandi, we do. I, I, I just think I think we need to add this. What I'm, what I'm arguing is not a replacement. It's actually an addition to those sorts of initiatives that I think government and other uh, serious institutions of our state have tried. But I still think you need to ensure that you stop in their tracks those people who seek to frustrate even those procedures. Because once you categorize a particular act along those lines, People tend to think twice before they do it. And, and secondly, the, the, what you will see when you've put it along those lines to categorize it as treason is that you're going to, to limit the abuse of political parties, of state institutions, uh, by people who, I think you were discussing it with your other guest the other day, who are trying to create or participate in what Aubrey and uh, Mueled were calling the deep state. Mm. Because once you leave it unchallenged, you will reach a point where the state is incapable of delivering, but worse still, is incapable of producing genuine leaders of moral rectitude, because they will all be vetted by the confluence of political elites, economic elites, and criminal elites. 
acting together. So you think the deterrent is the sentence? Because ultimately, what will happen is if you if you uh, categorize it as treason, you you will you will also attract the heaviest sentence available. Well, yes, Tulani, as long as we know that it's not, a, it's not, you don't have a single bullet approach to this. You know, the, the, this is going to be an issue that society must confront on different fronts. I am not suggesting that categorizing it as treason is the only thing that will work. I think the other initiatives by the Anti-Corruption Forum, uh, uh, Corruption Watch, uh, the South African government and its statutes, the political parties themselves, the ruling party, the ANC, has spoken openly about corruption. I think we need to engage in much more serious discussion about the nature of of corruption and what it does to what the ANC calls the National Democratic Revolution. I think it frustrates the most sensitive stage of that democratic revolution, which is the time when a ruling party that is a post-liberation uh, ruling party needs to deliver on the promises of freedom to the ordinary citizens of South Africa. Mr. Favre, let me bring you in. Uh, and I know you've spoken publicly about this issue so many times, but again, the issue is whether or not people understand and that the country understands the seriousness of corruption in this country. I think so. Increasingly, this has become a preoccupation of almost every South African, except, of course, those who benefit from it. But uh, you can go everywhere in the media, if you read the newspapers, in every meeting of any organization, and uh, in every uh, social media, everywhere. People are absolutely concerned about the devastating <coughs> impact uh, corruption has on our society, precisely because uh, corruption has become now the biggest threat to our future. And uh, if we can't tackle it, then it means that our whole future will be stolen from us by a elite that is acting uh, in cohorts with uh, each other in order to benefit. So I agree with uh, Advocate Skakane that indeed this is pr primarily a program of the elite, uh, sometimes sophisticated, sometimes very blatant, to steal from the poor basically. That's how Kosato have characterized it. And, and, and therefore, we, we have championed a, 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 a policy that says we ought to put an array of measures to ensure that, firstly, there's a sufficient deterrent, and secondly, there is a capacity to expose, isolate, and deal with those that uh, are stealing from the poor. Uh, would you then concur or support uh, uh, the, 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 the proposition made by Advocate Skakana that perhaps then we should uh, use the law, develop our laws, uh, and deal with this perhaps as a treason? Well, uh, I, I'm not sure about uh, calling it a treason, but I'm, I must share this with you that I once shared a minister, I won't say that minister now, and uh, who was absolutely frustrated about the devastating impact of corruption in one province. And he said, uh, in his view, there can be no better example of a treason hmm. and uh, against the people of, uh, of, of, of that province based on, the, on, on, on what the damage was going to be uh, in terms of uh, the standards of their, of their living. So indeed, uh, you know, you can, you can easily categorize uh, certain forms of corruption, in particular by, 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 by the powerful and acting in... in, in, in uh, in tandem with the with the big players in the private sector and some form of a treason indeed. It's, it's treason is about sabotaging the future of a country.
Yeah, all right. Let's take calls. Find out what people think about this. 0891-104-208. 0891-104-208. What do you think about the suggestion by Advocate Moses Sikakane? Uh, but are there examples elsewhere, Advocate Sikakane, where, where corruption has been categorized as treason? No, no not, not exactly, Kulani, but all states. You go to Denmark and France and Germany, and, and what people have been doing over the years is to develop special procedures to deal with corruption. And I think what, what, what that indicates to me is that all states recognize that the usual criminal codes that are designed to deal with those acts that one calls corruption um, are not enough. You need, a, you need to push the boundaries all the time in order to make sure that you, you, you deal with, with uh, the ubiquitous nature of corruption and where it, 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 it raises its head. So there are no countries that have categorized it that way. But you will see that special statutes, and that includes South Africa, by the way. I think South Africa has, 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 has grappled with this problem and is serious about it and has developed statutes that deal with it. But as like all laws, People find a way you need to deal with the, 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 uh, what's happening in your body politic in order to deal with it. You need to deal with the morality of it and, 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 and why people do it. So while there is no country that has done it, but I think different countries have placed or enacted uh, special statutes for this. And South Africa is one of them. And I think we can still push the boundaries a bit about certain forms of corruption. Okay, all. all right. Let's find out what people think then. 891 uh, Send me an email at kualaxsabc.co.za at sms is at 34701. Naeem is in Alberton. Good morning, Naeem. Uh, hello, good morning. Hi. Uh, greetings to you and your guests. Once more, thanks for an excellent program. Uh, I agree fundamentally with uh, Advocate Sputani, and uh, although I may differ in nuance or degree, but uh, I agree in principle. I'd like to make three points. Uh, firstly, you know, he says uh, historically society has always changed what uh, is regarded as uh, corruption, and he gave an example of uh, getting married to the uh, king's daughter. Yeah. Just one difference there. It's not society. It's the ruling elite or the powers that be that have always determined what is corruption and what is not corruption. And that is fundamentally to protect their own dominance and interests. Mm. Uh, second point is, uh, I, it is linked to the deep state discussion that you had on Monday. And I think I differ with him when he says we are not there already. I think we, we actually adopted it. It was actually part of the whole transition. Uh, the whole reason why colonialism and apartheid went unpunished is pr- precisely why it, it, it is because this whole uh, thing was built in into, we actually adopted this whole corruption with, within our body politics. Mm. And final point is, the, and this is the, the problem we're sitting with, is uh, the powers that be, the people that hold the levers of power, whichever party it may be, even if an, uh, another party comes into power uh, in the next election, uh, the whole system has been fundamentally compromised because of this nexus of the political elite, uh, economic elite. The whole system has already been compromised, so we have to find a way in which society has got to re-reform the whole system. We've got to actually change the whole uh, basis on which our country has been uh, brought to, to, the, to this position. Okay, Naeem and Albert and I, thank you very much. Uh, my guests will respond in a minute. Let me take Ed in Johannesburg. Hello, Ed. Hi, welcome. 
Listen, uh, this is just a compliment to Advocate Katani. In respect of all the blaspheming that we'll be having on the radio, your very particular show, that black lawyers and black advocates are not being hired, you know, because they are not, they are not uh, whatever they call it. But I yeah. know that we own Africa, we own South Africa, as blacks, as Africans, Advocate Kakani, please continue with this kind of a fire. And I call upon other black advocates to come on air. Don't just sit in your libraries with your big books. Nobody will know if you don't come out. Okay. And I want to I applaud him for this kind of move that he has made. And I, I have not heard of this name before, but I want you to publicize this name and contact details so that I can also consult and maybe refer people to him because okay. now if you don't have alternative, what do you fall to? You fall to the white. Okay. You understand? And people start complaining. Please, I applaud him for this, uh, you know, uh, intellectual uh, presentation on the radio today, and he must continue. And we call upon other black advocates to come on board. All right, Ed in Johannesburg. Thank you very much. And you know, it's uh, the, the importance of what Ed is saying. In my view, Advocate Kakane is that. Uh, he's pointing out that you are using law to assist society here. You are using law not just for your own personal benefit, but uh, for issues that that will assist society, which is effectively what was uh, the, the theme in your um, speech when you were talking about Arthur Chaskelson. You know, Kolani, the anti-apartheid struggle was something very close to me. Mm-hmm. And so I've always seen every aspect of intellectual life in South Africa as as something that could be used to advance society. So I do think that law itself is something that we must continue to engage with uh, so that we develop it to suit the, the, the conditions of the day. And I agree with Naeem earlier, actually, that depending on what your jurisprudential position is, but the fact of the matter is that history is littered with law using used by ruling classes to to exact their power over others and i accept what he's saying because those days <laughs> the so- society was the king and the queen mm. um, and so when i say society i mean society in the manner in which it, it described itself then but i accept the position he's making interestingly but he ends off by talking about the nexus that we spoke about uh, with Aubrey and Mwelezi about the relationships that exist between the political elite the the business elite as well as sometimes the criminal syndicates well <laughs> He, he goes further. He says uh, we are there already in South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I, him and I differ with him. I think we're going there. Uh, but I do think there are examples of things that should worry us. Uh, I think we, when you have an example of your National Co- Commissioner of Police having been convicted, you must worry. Your alarm bells must, must ring. I'm not saying it's the only example. There may be many. So I think it's important that South Africans deal with it Uh, before it becomes big. I also believe that my history and understanding of the National Democratic Revolution is that we saw its threats. You could understand, analyze the forces that that form it, but you must also understand its threats. And I think this state of that National Democratic Revolution has particular threats, and those threats tend to emerge from within. Just like spies infiltrated the ANC in the past, I think corrupt people themselves see a ruling party or state machinery as a, as a, as a vehicle of a, either undermining the freedom of the majority of South Africans or to sabotage uh, the power of the state to deliver. I, and I think, uh, Mr. Favi, there has to be questions about whether or not internally within the Tripartite Alliance that analysis of the threats is being done and done adequately. 
I think so. I think so. And uh, I, 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 we can always quibble about whether there is, uh, that is followed by decisive action that uh, shows that uh, we are absolutely committed to the fight. But in terms of the analysis, there has been great, great analysis in terms of, uh, of trying to tackle and highlight the crisis. And that can not be having been done better than anyone else, than the Secretary General of the ANC, Gwede Mandashe, who once, uh, in a speech, formal speech, uh, described corruption. And uh, in fact, he said, he pointed out what I think Mwelezi uh, and, uh, and your other guests were, uh, were, were okay. analyzing on Monday, Aubrey Mashik, mm-hmm. and now uh, today, Advocate uh, Skakane, who says that the biggest actual problem we're facing is the intersection between the political office and the private business interest. And that's the core of everything, because then it says that political power can then be used to facilitate deals, in particular when either the, the, the political leader directly and or through his family or her family can then uh, smooth deals in the public sector and act and use this office more like as a place of interaction between those political and, and business interests. Let me tell you, the Secretary General was spot on. That is the biggest challenge South Africa is facing today. Right. What I'll do is I'll take the news headlines at 8.30, um, but welcome more calls on 0891104208, 0891104208. We're talking, of course, about a, a suggestion that was made by Advocate Moses Sikakane uh, in his speech uh, at the Arthur Charles Kelsen Memorial Service in Johannesburg a few, day, a few days ago. In fact, it was just a few a week or so ago, uh, where he was saying that where possible, we must challenge, we must also develop our laws. He's talking about categorizing corruption as uh, treason in this country. And that if it is high treason, uh, it will uh, corruption should attract the heaviest sentence available within our constitutional framework, and that can assist in this regard. What are your thoughts then? Oh eight nine one one zero four two eight. Oh eight nine one one zero four two eight. I'll take the news headlines at this time. It's eight thirty. Good morning, Vabakshni. Thank you, Kolani. Good morning. Thirteen people have been killed and eight others injured in two separate accidents on the N1 road in Limpopo. And here's a wrap of this morning's top stories. Several groups are expected to picket outside the Constitutional Court in Johannesburg, where a crucial case over school admission will be heard today. The case will determine whether an education MEC or a school's governing body has the final say on admissions. An education expert says there's an urgent need for the department to come up with solid preventative measures that will deter officials from getting involved in the so-called sex for mark scandal. President Jacob Zuma says South Africa has the opportunity to demonstrate to investors the competitive advantage of the country's economy. His statement comes ahead of the official opening of the World Economic Forum on Africa in Cape Town. Expelled ANC Youth League President Julius Malema's partly built Sandown mansion in Santon, Johannesburg will go under the hammer today. And police in Bangladesh say at least eight people have been killed in a fire at a clothing factory in the capital. The incident comes two weeks after a building housing several clothing factories collapsed, killing more than 800 people. That's how it's looking for now. I'll be back with a full news update at nine. Traffic.
on SAFM. Just on those two uh, terrible accidents in Limpopo this morning, the, the big one up at Messina has been cleared. Um, so the, the N1 through Messina has been reopened. Uh, the N1 south of Polokwane between Mokopong and Mokopani uh, remains restricted with a contraflow around a two-truck accident. Joe Berg, or coming that way through Midrand, earlier collisions on the N1 south after Allendale Road have been cleared. A uh, little bit of pressure as you come down from New Road, but the traffic is flowing again. Collision on the Mike 1 North going into Woodmead Drive. Traffic backed up as far as Corlett Drive this morning. Uh, that accident has been cleared, but the uh, traffic very slow. And there's a stationary taxi, perhaps even an accident, N3 South at Van Buren. Traffic very slow coming through Galulis on the run south down towards Germiston. And a power outage now in the Rampark Ridge area. Routes like Bayers Nordia through Rampark Ridge towards the highways heavy and Acerhout and Rabi. No lights there. So if you're trying to avoid Bayers Nordia uh, to get to Ramberg via Acerhout, you're running into equally big problems. Collision in Durban. It's on the Higginson Highway near Mobeni Heights. It's a taxi accident. Very heavy traffic out of Chatsworth on the M1 this morning. And from Cape Town, the R300 remains closed at Mitchell's Plain due to protest action. The road closed between Stock Road and the M7 Vanguard Drive. It's a full closure both directions. There are queues coming off the N2 on the R300 driving west towards Stock Road. And a reminder, a final reminder this morning about the uh, closure today uh, between Cookhouse and Craddock on the N10 route uh, in the Eastern Cape. This is for motorists wanting to get in and out of Port Elizabeth. In a four-hour window between 12 and 4, there'll be a two-hour period where the road will be closed for blasting. And when they close that section between Craddock and Cookhouse, nowhere to send the traffic apart from just stack it up and sit on the N10 for two hours. So if you don't fancy that, get through before 12 or travel after 4 p.m. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. Join me, Vuyombuli, this Thursday and Friday, the 9th and the 10th of May, as I come to you live from the Hotel Investment Conference Africa, HICA, at Elangeni Hotel, Durban. HICA is a premier business-to-business networking platform focused on showcasing Africa as a viable investment destination for the hotel and hospitality sector. For more information, visit www.hika.co.za. This broadcast is made possible by the Tourism Business Council South Africa in partnership with the province of KwaZulu-Natal. Hugo is not one of those movers and shakers one reads about. Always here, always there. No, Hugo is a man who takes comfort in the known. Wednesday lunch with the partners and Saturday golf. But thankfully, Audi's latest Uber offer guarantees the future value of the Audi A6, Audi A7 Sportback, Audi A8 or Audi Q7 in three years' time. Which means that even Hugo can drive a new car, as long as the colour stays the same, he thought. Visit audi.co.za for more about Audi's latest guaranteed Uber offer. Audi. Vorsprung durch Technik. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Guala. 25 minutes before 9 here on AM Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Again, let me quote uh, the um, passage from that speech by Advocate Moses Sikakana so that to give you a context of what we're talking about this morning. Where possible, we must challenge and develop our laws, including the Constitution, should it become clear that parts of it may inadvertently entrench the very demons it was enacted to obliterate. One such legal development that I think is urgently required is categorizing corruption as high treason and a crime against the citizens. After 
After all, high treason is defined as any overt act unlawfully committed by a person owing allegiance to a state with intent to overthrow, impair, violate, threaten, or endanger the existence, independence, or security of the state, or to overthrow or coerce the government of the state or change the constitutional structure of the state. As a crime of high treason, corruption should attract the heaviest sentence where, um, the heaviest sentence available within our constitutional framework. And Advocate Skakane is my guest on the program this morning together with Mr. Zulinzi Mavafi, Kosato General Secretary. Let me take your thoughts then. And let's go to Mta. Tamatha is there. Good morning to you, Martha. Good morning, Kolani. Hello, good and morning. Good morning to the advocate and Tatumiha. Hi. Kolani, I agree 110% with the advocate of the suggestions that he's making. But having said that, Kolani, I think we find it very difficult. Because for me, corruption is like a contagious disease. Right now, every people will go buy the suggestion and say, okay, let's remove this current uh, government, let's not vote for them. But as soon as those same people have an access to corruption, like to be able to embezzle the money, they'll do it. So uh, I agree with him, but uh, I think it is very difficult okay. to, 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 to implement. For instance, the Dermi has also mentioned that it starts from the top. Okay. People who be advocating for this uh, suggestion are the ones that are often accused of this corruption. Okay, Martha, I'm Tata, thank you. I really appreciate your call. Lucky Centurion, good morning, Lucky. Hi, uh, good morning, Tolani. Uh, Hi, welcome. Good morning, advocate, and uh, good morning, Susan. Hi, Lucky. Um, um, uh, Tolani, I, I totally agree with. Uh, this thing that maybe corruption should, should receive the, the harshest form of uh, punishment. But uh, I'm just wondering uh, if we'll ever um, uh, leave to see this happening. I'll tell you why I'm saying that, because I think we're being led by the most corrupt person who, under his leadership, we, we continue to see some of the most deplorable forms of corruption, really. All right, that's Lucky's view in Centurion. Thank you. Navari and Nelspray, to your thoughts. Good morning. Morning, Polani, and advocate, and Kumbek Zulinzi Mavavi. Hi. I just have to say that I'm still very inspired by Kumbek Zulinzi continuously speaking about corruption. I think many of us that are scared of speaking about corruption of late. <laughs> and I want to agree more with Kumbek, uh, with the advocate, Kagan, that you know, in the country where corruption has been normalized and made a way of life, it's necessary that this discussion must be, must be continuous. Because I don't agree that uh, we, we have not arrived. We have arrived to a state where corruption has made a normal way of doing things in South Africa. And in the instances where this crime against men is declared by the highest offices, you know, the, by the politicians that we trust so much with our lives, it's time that we speak about it and declare it a crime against humanity. And I think that perhaps will actually uh, you know, make alert uh, to some of those who assume corruption as a way of doing things in South Africa. I think that uh, we need to discuss it and agree as society that this thing is a crime against humanity. It makes us not to have clinics, not to have medication in clinics, not to have water, not to have sanitation. And in essence, it makes us to have all these services that deliver protests in our country. And, and therefore, it's a treaty. We must declare that fact, and I think the law must be amended to actually accommodate such a, a proposal by that. Okay, thank Amendment you very much. of the law. Okay, that's uh, Navarro. Thank you very much. I'll take more calls. 891 Let me read you some SMSs, though. There's one from uh, Nick in KZN who says, I've been advocating for years that all corruption should be treated as treason, but as usual, there was no response from government. Natal witness, Nick in KZN. Bonga uh, in Cape Town, the arms deal and the Inkandla gate are the biggest cases of treason in the post-apartheid South Africa. That's Bonga here in Cape Town. Um, 
Government cannot talk of being serious about corruption. When numerous cases of corruption are swept under the carpet, the president should lead by example and have his day in court, says an SMS. Uh, but somebody else as well, Christelle, says, um, corruption goes deeper than a sin against our government and the country. It is a hard issue. Stealing is a sin against God. People are not growing up with a sense that they are accountable to a higher authority and will have to answer to him. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, Christelle, uh, on SMS. Mike in the Eastern Cape, if we agree with your guest, which I certainly do, bring back the scorpions. Uh, that's a call from Mike in the Eastern Cape. Ngosi, uh, P and Peter Meritzberg, I salute Vavi for fighting corruption. The danger in South Africa is that some politicians are beneficiaries of this. That's why knives are out for Vavi, but they won't touch him. He's a lion. That's Ngosi, P in Meritzberg. Pasekamakoti, uh, with the spy tapes contemptuously with the ANC members, South Africa has no government but a contemptuous party junta or state on state payroll. That's Pasekamakoti. Brian Kumalo, I fear that once that proposed treason act, we will lose so many politicians uh, who would be jailed. Look at what is happening at Dundee Municipality. That's according to Brian in Peter Maritzburg. Um Vavilogic, the rich still from the poor, uh, brilliantly illogical, that's according to this SMS. Pure and KZN, even if we could declare corruption a crime against humanity, but people start to speak in forked tongues if it affects one of the powerful politicians, that's Pure and KZN. Singon Makado, why is it that when the elite are found to be corrupt, they are never arrested but just moved to other government departments? Also a question coming through there. Right, let's take some more calls. Frank Talk and Mangaung. Good morning, Frank Talk. Uh, good morning and uh, good morning to Advocates Kakano. Comrade Vavian, thanks really for fighting this sketch. Um, you know, you did not be uh, demoralized. We know that those who want to protect corruption for their own means would uh, attack you and call you imbeciles and call you counter-revolutionaries whilst themselves are counter-revolutionaries because whatever that they are doing is contrary to what we fought for in this country. Now, Polani, you know, the founders of the Constitution, your Mandela's, your Sisulu's, your Kaya were very smart in founding the Constitution because they knew the trappings of the power. That's why when you look at our Constitution, we fought for Ombudsman, Public Protector, Auditor General. But, but the, the, the suggestion with Advocates Kakane, the, the challenge is, yes, you can say, let uh, corruption be treasonous. The question is, those who investigate are controlled elsewhere. So, so that would create problems because, you see, um, uh, there are those that would be investigated, there are those that won't be investigated. Because now treason would only come when the NPA says this charge is called treason. Now, we need to look at how are those who are meant to investigate. The National Police of Commissioner is appointed. Uh, uh, the NPA head is appointed because without addressing that, um, you know, we, we may have it as, 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 a, as a treasonous crime, but it may not yield the fruit because, you know, it starts at investigation and who has the power to investigate. All right. Frank Talk, very good one. And I'm going to ask uh, Advocates Kakana to spe specifically respond to the, what Frank Talk is saying, but also he, this SMS here. This proposal is a test we need to pose to whoever wants a vote. Our parliament and cabinet, including legal fraternity, uh, need to take a stand when it comes to this. It comes from Fulani Katoras. Uh, how do you respond to, to Frank Talk there, Advocates Kakana? Well, I think I think he he's absolutely correct about how difficult this will be. And I think Martha said the same thing. Mm. Uh, but of course, it's as difficult as it was to defeat apartheid. I think I think that shouldn't stop society from pushing the boundaries about this. He makes an important point about who will investigate who. Um, 
And that is why, Tlolani, I started at the beginning by saying this has to be fixed in the body politic itself. You also need to deal with a number of, you have to involve a number of organizations and communities to deal with it. Because as Aubrey and them talk about the deep state, Mm -hmm. what it is, is that the sovereignty of that state is captured by this confluence between the criminal elites, the economic elites, and the political elites. And therefore, even your structures of government, when once you've been captured, the structures of government owe their allegiance to that alliance, to that tripartite alliance. So you need to clean the system entirely. Mm. Uh, and I'm making the suggestion because I think it will, it will scare even those who sit in, 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 in positions of power uh, who do this because what happens with structures of all states not just South Africa once it's captured your intelligence services usually have no allegiance to their own state because you don't know who's buying them your mm. criminal intelligence does the same thing your politicians do the same thing the powerful in society do the same thing and those in co- in the corporate world you know in the US and the UK they have two statutes that seek to deal with the private sector itself on this thing. So you need to fight it on all fronts. I mean, the U.S. Uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and the, the U.K. Bribery Act, uh, if you look at both of them, they, they concentrate, like our Section 43 in the Companies Act does, they look at what the corporate world itself is doing to frustrate society. So you think, as Frank Tok says, I agree with him, mm-hmm. you need to take a multi-pronged approach and you need to go to, the, to communities, to society, to make sure that you root out the elements of corruption, behaviors in society that encourage it. Okay. Because I'm of the view that the anti-apartheid struggle was not corrupt. Gee, so many emails. Let me read a few, and I'm going to go back, by the way, to Mr. Vavi. Um, Jabu Malulega says, Though I agree with the sentiments of the advocate, I fear we are missing the point slightly here. The problem is not with the laws as much as it is with actually charging and convicting people of, of corruption. The law can burn as acid, but if, if no one is convicted, then it is futile to have strong laws. We must see more people being charged and convicted even when they are linked to the president. Just how do you respond to that? Because I think that's quite an important one, Advocate. Well, I, I agree fully. I mean, it doesn't matter who commits the crime. It doesn't matter how powerful they are. And look, Colin, if I'm wrong that we are not there yet, well, I'm wrong. Then I think all the more reason we need to be urgent about this. If, if, if there are members of society who believe that We've been captured already. Our state has been captured by what I call the the tripartite alliance of uh, criminal, political, and economic elites. Then we must act quickly. Uh, it's just my view that we are not there, but we may be going there. You know, so I do think we need to strengthen uh, our our justice system about convictions. Um, we need to make sure that our police are trained, that they're not corruptible themselves, as Frank Tok was saying. So it's a all structures of society, you know, from a two-year-old to a 90-year-old in a, in, a, in a retirement home. We need everybody knowing that our state cannot be threatened again 
by something that is similar to apartheid and colonialism. All right, more emails coming through here. Uh, there is uh, an email that came through from Sitlem Lodra. Uh, if you want an interview, oh, okay, no, it's a completely different one here. Khamed, uh, uh, he says, I want to applaud Advocate Sikakane for this sterling initiative. I have noted with serious concern that even during this program, um, there are adverts for top billing which will showcase something completely different. I would appreciate the view of both Advocate Sikakane and Jolinza Mavavi uh, on the SABC. Uh, uh, all right. I don't know if you have any views on the SABC, the Advocates Kakane and Zuelinza Mavavi. Um, but there's also a, a Wilson Magwandana in uh, the Free State Bloemfontein. According to Wikipedia, in law, treason is the crime that covers some of the more extreme acts against one sovereign or nation. And corruption is definitely an extreme act against one's nation, especially by people entrusted with the well-being of their citizens or nations. Corruption deprives ordinary citizens of their frightful, of their frightful entitlement to a better life as enshrined in the Constitution, and therefore corruption be, should be treated as high treason. It is against this background that the ANC and its alliance partners have taken a very strong stance against corruption, and bravo to that Wilson McGuandana in the Free State. Kaye uh, Nguanyana, I want to agree with Advocate Sikakane. Uh, corruption is threatening uh, to sink our sovereignty and statehood. Because corruption in state is about embezzling citizens' money, then it is counter-revolutionary, therefore treason. Such a jurisprudence may not be uh, as relevant as it is now. The private sector corruption will fill the domino effect as those court will go to court with judges weighing in the same rulings consistent with looters of government. Uh, that's Kayen Kwanyana. Uh, another one, uh, Advocate Mandula, corruption remains a rampant virus in the public and private sector and it has uh, come to be a cancer which affects every area of life in Africa and in particular South Africa. The recent established anti-corruption task team made up of the Hawks Special Investigating Unit, Anti-Corruption Forum, NPA, and Anti-Corruption Bureau, have to remain independent and act effectively to deal with apartheid corruption of 1910 until to date. Uh, that's Advocate Mantua. Let me take one call then, Mr. Vavi. will come in. Alphine Rehm, sir. Hey, good morning. Yeah, how's it going? I'm all right. Haven't heard from you in a while. Are you well? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on your show. And greetings to Advocate Skakani, whom I admire and know very well. And, uh, Hi, you know, Comrade Bobby, uh, you know, where I, I want to agree with the suggestions by the advocate mm -hmm. is where I see corruption that is obviously categorized as, as, as soft. That is when people, you know, don't want to participate in the economy in terms of, you know, working, people who stay away from jobs. And Comrade Bobby must obviously um, try to explain you know, the, the morally indefensible situations that you find teachers being able to participate in tenders, you know, in, in the schools that they work at or in the education sector. And uh, when you take it further down, you know, I look at it and draw parallel with colonialism and apartheid where it denies, you know, young children schooling opportunities and so forth. I mean, you cannot run away from the fact that colonialism and... Um, apartheid had some form of denial mm. in terms of uh, you know schooling and that is directly has an impact on our economic and social development so in that case i think the suggestion is very noble and it should be taken serious but the point would be how far do you go how deep do you go to root it out how do you combine the law so that it can impact on the industrial relations as well all right. Uh, thank you very much, Alfie. Uh, Mr. Vavi? I think that, that I just want to co to comment about three issues. Yeah. 
The first one uh, is the fact that <clears throat> Frank from Bloomfontein raises the issue of independence. Mm. And I can tell you that's the word moving forward. Independence of each alliance component from one another, and particularly the independence of the trade union movement, its ability to speak truth to power on behalf of its members, on behalf of society, whenever such things happen. And secondly, independence of state institutions from one another. The institutions are there. I think that's what most of the people are saying. They are institutions. The question that always arises is whether they are truly independent and that when they do an investigation, South Africans can, can rest that indeed they will leave no stone unturned without fear, without favor. And I suspect that the sentiment that is coming out from the callers and your emails mm. is that people are beginning to feel that there is not sufficient independence of those institutions and therefore what they investigate uh, may choose uh, the soft targets and leave the real culprits on the side because they lack independence. And I think that issue will have to come. Then the third issue is impunity. When when society begins to think that ah you can have the best law, you can declare this as a as a as as a prison, you can have this and this in statute, uh, but nothing is going to be happening because we can see examples on TV. Worst of all, when those examples get rewarded by the by the top uh, 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 TV programs such as Top Billing, mm-hmm. for ex- it's going to be showing us today the wedding. So all the weddings, the uh, controversial weddings, where the people show this culture of class materialism, this one is something that I normally call uh, bragging to the poor. You can sit with your 36 unemployment rate, look at the type of wedding parties we have. We spend millions and millions, uh, go jump. And we are the top elite, and uh, sorry, uh, we're not responsible for your fate. We, it's, it's the survival of the fittest type of a society. We don't care. That type of an attitude, and uh, combined with what people actually know in terms of what is happening, is then leading to the sense of resignation. There's a sense of resignation in society that, sorry, our society has been stolen already. We are in a hyena state already. We are in a, uh, a a state of the survival of the fittest, and we have lost the battle. Then that's a very, very dangerous uh, sentiment, because it is actually in itself a ticking bomb, in that if people have a sense of hopelessness moving forward, mm. that they do not believe yeah. that the leadership can act and can be above reproach themselves, then one day you're going to have you're going to see a massive explosion in the streets, something that Kosatu calls mm. the ticking time bomb that we are refusing to talk about all the time. All right, but uh, the most encouraging uh, thing, Pepe, uh, 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 is that the people that are calling the show, I know them. The, these are members of the ANC, the members of Kosatu unions, and they are members of, uh, they are progressive in society. They hate wanting anybody transforming the organizations into a private uh, institution for the enrichment of the of the of the few all right and they, they, and and that's what i was speaking about in every meeting of the anc cosato these people speak out and say but this shouldn't be allowed
There's there's an SMS from Jack here uh, for you, Advocate Skakana, who says, what about corruption in the private sector? Until we stop being selective with this view, Mickey Mouse calls such as this one by the advocate will remain such. Uh, before you respond to this, uh, let me take this one last call here. Uh, on the line, uh, just wait a minute. I'm going to um, go through here because I need to check who exactly. It's TK in Johannesburg. TK? Uh, good morning, sir. Hi. You're the last caller. Yes, I just wanted just, uh, to add on and maybe just to ask the advocate... Isn't maybe our starting point when you speak about corruption wrong? I know we speak about corruption in today's time, but wouldn't it be better, let's say, if we actually started investigating corruption from during the time of the 90s, when, during the sunset period, when a lot of the state resources were actually looted by outgoing employees of the former state, which, makes it, which I believe makes it very hard to even start, you know, if you'd want to talk, talk about corruption, let's start investigating from that period and actually start telling people you've got an amnesty of coming forward tell us how much you took where's the money what we can recover actually give people a you know a grace period to say look we're giving you two or five years to actually get out of our system but let's explain what you stole what we can get back and then maybe just build with a new body politic because i think if we start saying let's talk about clean up corruption now i think it's a bit too late now we need to go back to that time to say okay. look what was stolen what can we recover right. okay thank you uh advocate skakane well, um, I, I agree. I agree with TK. Tolani, look, our leaders in their wisdom decided what they decided about our political settlement and who should have been forgiven um, for reconciliation's sake. You know, So I can't get into that. But I still believe that apartheid generals, apartheid leaders got off lightly. Uh, and so did uh, proponents of colonialism because they, they took more from the poor and incapacitating the state. So I agree with him. Um, I also want to, co- to to respond to the to the caller who who thinks this is a Mickey Mouse call. I agree. Okay. It may well be. It may well be. I, I didn't say this was a silver bullet. It's what I think, and it's also it seeks to contribute to what others are thinking. And if he thinks it can't, that's fine. But I I still think we we have we have enough examples in society that we should start thinking about all mechanisms that we can think of. Okay, and sorry, just on the check, SMS though, you know, just put aside the Mickey Mouse issue, but yes. what he's saying is that also when we talk about corruption, let's just bring in the public and the private sector together. That, that, that was my first comment, mm. uh, Polani, when I cited the examples of the UK Bribery Act sure. and the United States Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. I was making that point exactly, that people tend to think corruption is, a, is an act committed by governments. Well, governments are bribed by people in the private sector. Exactly. Uh, and therefore, you need to, to actually fight this on all fronts. You fight it in the state, you fight it in our intelligence services, you fight it in the police, you fight it in the justice system, you fight it in the ruling party and other opposition parties themselves because people who seek power in order to amass influence and resources will go to any structure that they think is influential. And I think even the ruling party is usually in danger, is the most uh, vulnerable organization for those who want to advance their own cause. And I think we need to be alert, as Comrade Vavi was saying, we need to be alert on all fronts. And I think we need courage, like Vavi is doing. I, it always amazes me, Colani, how most of us 
were so courageous to face death, detention, and the police and everyone in their docks in the 80s. But we're very, very afraid of dealing with things that undermine the National Democratic Revolution in post-1994 South Africa. I think we need to spike up our courage a bit. I'll end it on that note. I really thank you both for your time this morning. Advocate Moses Kakan, uh, he is a group leader of the Victoria Mwenge Group of Advocates. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank also, you. would like to thank Zolenza Mavavi, Kosatu, General Secretary, Mr. Vavez, Eva. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the much, Laura. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks indeed for listening to our program this day. I really thank you for the SMSs, the emails. So many, I couldn't go through all of them. Uh, but I really, really appreciate it. And I'll, I'll forward most of them to Advocate Sikakana so that uh, this discussion can continue. Also, thank you very much for the calls this morning. Would like to thank the team. They put it all together for us this day. Our producers, Tlengi Omabaso, Misho Shandlale, Tracy Bumgard, Nzoagiku, uh, Senior Producers, Lungile Mabaso, and Zinat Abdul, Technical Producer, and Dogozo Kuzwayo today. Forum Producer, Ronald Piri, and uh, Jake, M- Jake Mukoma, uh, Chief Producer, Bozilukoto, Executive Producers, Busi Chan, and Obrisi Chie. My name is Kolani Gwala. I shall be back again for you tomorrow, 6 to 9 here on SAFM, South Africa's News and Information. Did I remember we're broadcasting for you uh, from the Cape Town International Convention Center? Coming up, news at 9, and afterwards, morning talk here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. You have a great day ahead. Cheers.